we just finished recording with Matt Bodro, host of the Essential 11 podcast and founder of the Acton Academy Placer. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was really fun talking with him. I loved the things that he had to say about the generations. I'm telling you, I'm obsessed with the generational gaps <laughs> right now. And just, yeah. I, you know, my coworkers and I were like, you're a boomer, you're Gen Z, I'm a millennial. Like we like to differentiate. I don't know why, but I'm very, I'm obsessed with the characteristics of the generations and all that stuff. So um, he had some really good things um, yeah. just to kind of explain how to bridge that generational gap. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, yeah that makes sense that you are super interested in that. Cause I feel like it's something that's mm -hmm. come up on this podcast quite a bit um, mm. with, you know what I mean? Like with different guests that I think we've talked to and that's um, yeah. been something like a, kind of a road that we've gone down, but I mean, that's kind of his thing you know, is yeah. that topic. So hearing him talk about it and explaining how can you help bridge the gap? How can you make the connections between generations? How can we all work together, even though there is that mm -hmm. generational divide? Um, and I think it's a really important message for the coaches and athletes that, you know, make up our, our audience because that high school, you know, coach athlete relationship is so important. And you would hate to see um, that relationship be tarnished simply because there was a breakdown. Um, in the communication yeah. due to the generational gap. So I think if yes. coaches can, uh, you know, really kind of hone in on that, making that connection with their athletes and understanding mm -hmm. that generational thing, it's huge. And so Matt's definitely the guy that you would want to listen to when it comes to that. And he has some really great mm -hmm. things to say, um, yeah. his background in, in mixed martial arts and his educational mm -hmm. background and his business background. Um, really impressive guy. And I was glad that he was willing to stop by and talk with us. Yeah, great speaker. No wonder he's been on TED Talks. Yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is a great, great episode. Make sure you check yeah. out his podcast and uh, mm -hmm. check out and enjoy this episode. All right, see ya. Right. See ya. Like now, it is time. Now it is time, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Character Combine. Character Combine. Yeah, you ready? Yeah, you ready? When he goes beyond the scoreboard, the scoreboard, coaches, coaches. I want you to have the type of voice, type of voice that your athletes will hear decades later and still recognize the leadership that you hold in their life in their life in their life get this thing get this thing started welcome to the character combine podcast i'm josh takimoto and i am deb mccollum and today's guest is the host of the essential 11 podcast and also the founder of the acton academy in placer and that is matt bodro how's it going man excellent how y'all doing I'm doing good. Did I get the name right? I've got to ask. You nailed it, man. Okay. You're good. Like I, said, I was telling you, man, I don't know how, I don't know how to say it. So if anybody gets anywhere close, I just nod my head. I'm like, yeah, that's it. That sounds good. I've gotten everything from, you know, Bodro, yeah. Boudro, Badudadero, man. I was on the side. Yeah, that's cool. I just, I just roll with it. All right. Perfect. Yeah. That's always, man, it's always, I mean, you're a podcast, so you know this and sure. uh, you've probably been doing it longer than we have, but my biggest fear is I, I literally asked you, not even a minute before we started. And I'm like, okay, I can't forget it. And then when I start saying it, I'm like, yeah, I hope I got that right. You're so, like, I'm still going to screw it up. Yeah, no, it's all good. It is all good, man. No, totally I was, wait good. I was waiting for you to mess it up. I was like, he's going to mess it up. <laughs> I know. That's, so funny. That, that's kind of become our thing. It's like we, we prefer when the other person does the intro because when they mess up, it's kind of a little bit of a feather in our cap. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You you know, if I would have done that, down. that wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I would have Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, hey, man, we appreciate you uh, taking yeah. some time out of your evening to talk. Oh, uh, pleasure's mine. Yeah, um, pleasure's mine. Before we get started with, you know, some of our questions and Deb's warm-up questions, how are yeah. you doing? How's your family doing during this time of uh, coronavirus? I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you asking that. Um, 
we're doing well, man. I mean, we just moved, you know, we're in Loomis, not too far from here. And we got a little bit of, um, you know, we're, we're really, really fortunate in the fact that we've got a little bit of acreage so the kids have some room to run around and um, there's always work to be done. We had a little ranch out here and there's horses and chickens. And so we got plenty to do, um, you know, and then, <laughs> so, uh, so they're doing well and they're, you know, they're happy, they're healthy and they're itching to get back to school for sure. Um, you know, the kids aren't, but, uh, but everybody's doing well, man. And we're still pushing forward, you know, work-wise. So I can't complain. I hope you guys are doing well too. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's great to hear. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing well. It's uh, me and my wife and our, uh, almost 15 month year old daughter. So, Oh, so cool. Yeah. So it's, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's been good. We've been yeah. able to spend a lot more time with her and, um, at that age, she doesn't know any different. So life's good for, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah, she's yeah. rolling. Yeah. I don't know about you, Deb, but. Well, well, my dog, is, it's just me and my 13 year old Queensland healer. I don't oh, know if yeah. she's happy. I don't know if she's happy that I'm home a lot or annoyed. <laughs> Can't tell because yeah. she would just sleep all day while I'm, while, you know, while I'm at work. And so now I'm here all the time. So now she's looking at me like, oh, you're still here. Yeah. So I don't Are you know do if she likes farming? it or yeah, I take her on more walks. So that's good. So she gets more tired. So that's but funny other than that all good yeah good good cool. glad yeah. cool cool you have some warm-up well, questions Deb? yeah all right matt i have three warm-up questions for you they're all right. supposed to be easy but you know sometimes they're not all right. so here's the, here's oh, let's the go. first I, one i like that it's a good it's a good intro right there yeah all right question number one what is one thing on your bucket list that you wish to complete in the next year mm, i like that one um well i i one thing that that we've been working on, we have planned for July right now is is we're putting on we at Acton Academy Plaster, we're putting on TEDx Roseville, um, uh -huh. which is, you know, I've been a speaker for forever, but to put on that speaking event and a high quality event was something that I had not yet done and, and wanted to do that. And my students are super pumped about helping me with that too. So um, we're really hoping that that still goes through in July, obviously, um, with things yeah. shaking up the way they are, that may, right. you know, that may get pushed back. But um, even if it does, we're going to knock that out within a year. So that is my within the year, um, we're going to be rocking that. Awesome. That's, That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah. We got some really good speakers lined up too, man. So oh, um, good. Need event. yeah, be a cool. That's event. awesome. We're, cool. we're excited to ask you more questions about that in a little bit. Yeah, though. please. I'm excited oh, yeah. to hear Absolutely. all about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, question number two. If your life turned into a movie, which actor would play your role? <laughs> oh, this is where it like throws you out there. Like, okay, how, what do you think of yourself right now? Uh, <laughs> you can go so, with what people have told you. And that's exactly where I'm going to go. And, and, um, and honestly, I think this is, I take this as a humongous compliment that people have said this but i've had more than one person tell me that i remind them obviously not looks wise uh, but i remind them of will smith uh and i take oh, okay. that as a humongous compliment because the man has you know uh, yeah the guy's just he just seems like this all-around genuine good dude and and uh, he's got chemistry with you know a doorknob i mean the guy just you know and, and i think it's just yeah. and i think what it is is the outlook on life and and just um, you know, taking every day as, as a total gift and, and wanting to serve others in the process. And so, um, you know, I take it as a huge compliment. So I'm going to go with Will Smith, man. Let's see if we can make that happen. Awesome. As if there <laughs> needs to be a movie about my life. But hey, you never know. Uh, we'll still pretend. Yeah. All right. You That's never know. That's good. I like that. Um, 
All right, question number three. And I asked this to all of our guests. All right. Um, I call it your life song. So if you could pick a song that just you hear it and you're like, yep, yep. that's me, that's my life, that's Done. the season I'm in or whatever, yep. what kind of, what would your life song be? Uh, that's the easiest question you're going to ask me the, the whole time, man. It's Whoa. freedom. Uh, it's freedom and freedom by, there's a lot of songs by that name, but it's freedom by James Horner. Uh, and it is the, uh, people would better know it as the theme song to uh, or really the, the song that's playing at the very end of Braveheart. If you've ever seen the movie Braveheart, mm-hmm. uh, it is that song right there. No words, no words involved, um, but it is the most mm-hmm. epic song. And it is the, it is, it is my daily go-to. It has been for years. Um, it is far and away my, my, my theme song. Wow. I, I think by far that's been the quickest because even right when I said life song, you're I was like done. Nodding your head yeah, it was like, a yep. done deal. Yeah. I didn't even need to like explain it. Like you like knew it. I think that was the quickest in your brain response for that because I like to try to stump people on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it that was, was good. It was as easy as it's going to get right there. That is my favorite. Uh, I tell people that's my favorite F word, you know, and it's there definitely one of my favorite words overall, yeah. uh, you know, so, and, and the movie itself and just the, the context of all that, it is one of those, um, it's one of those films. It was one of those moments that literally, even though I was a teenager, man, it literally changed um, the trajectory of my life. So, yeah. I like awesome. it. I yeah. wish awesome. we don't do a video podcast, but I wish this was for that moment because that was such a gangster response he had. It was like, like, I got this. Yeah. We're not used to that. Usually it's like, that's oh. so funny. Well, for everybody listening, they can just picture Will Smith just nodding his head. <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. And then maybe wearing a kilt, laying there and just yelling out freedom. I mean, they, they got the That's visual. Right. Yes. Yeah, so like yeah. Well, That's you, awesome. You survived the warm up questions. All right. So, good. Hard parts yeah. over. All right. Yeah. Good. So, hey, man, we'd like to start off with all of our guests, just kind of, kind of uh, getting an idea of your background. What's your athletic background, coaching background? Um, how did you grow up? And then basically, how did you get to the point where you're at right now? Yeah. Um, geez, man, that's a, it's, that's a really good question. There's a lot to unpack right there. I'll make it short and sweet though, man. I mean, I'm a relatively, relatively local guy for, for, from where, you know, we all are now. I grew up in Vacaville and, and um, so sports is a big part of, of growing basketball and football, um, you know, kind of the traditional high school sports in, in that regard. And those are both big, but my real sport growing up was, was martial arts. It was kickboxing. Um, and I'd gotten into that in early age, I actually started the whole, you know, it was, it was Bruce Lee and, and Chuck Norris and Jean-Claude Van Damme and, um, you know, Steven Seagal and it was all those early eighties, uh, action, action guys that got me fired up. So, um, you know, Taekwondo as a kid, which gravitated into kickboxing. So before I left high school, I was a competitive kickboxer. Uh, and that was a big part of, of my athletic endeavors. Fast forward a few years, coming out of college, uh, mixed martial arts was starting to to arrive on the scene, and so I jumped in the cage a little bit as well. So, uh, sports was always a, a huge thing for me. Um, coming out of that, as I started working in education, uh, I got to coach basketball uh, quite a bit. I did both boys and girls at uh, at the middle school level, uh, and then I've done boys at the high school level, most recently at the school uh, that I own. Um, and so to kind of, you know, kind of where I am now is this huge, crazy trajectory. I wear a couple of hats now. Um, I own a school 
that I started and, and primarily because I, I wanted things to change in education and, and I didn't want to just complain. I wanted to complain by creating and, uh, and I wanted something different from my own children. So, um, you know, coming out of education, having been a public school teacher, public school administrator, a private school teacher, private school administrator, um, I went, you know, I, I, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to see what I could do to make that happen. So been running in education for a long time, but simultaneously, and, and they do kind of overlap each other um, the last five or six years i've i've given over 300 keynotes around the world as well to uh, every organization you can think of so clients are you know everybody from from wells fargo to bank of america lockheed martin u.s air force american eagle uh, purina i mean any, anybody you can think of in all different industries so um yeah it's been it's been a, a pretty fun ride and there was just a whole lot you know before getting an education it was just a whole lot of um, cool, man. I'm good at sports and I'm, and I'm good at talking to people, but what am I doing with my life? Uh, you know, and, and it wasn't until I, until I really got into education that I went, okay, wait a second. This is where I'm going to make an impact. It's going to be with the youth. So. That's awesome. That's yeah. Can, can you tell us, so I'm tell us more about, um, is it called Acton Academy? Acton Academy. Yeah. Okay. Can you like how, where did the name come from? How yeah. and when did you start it? And just a little bit about you know, yeah. what, what that's all about. Super, Super good question. So Acton, yeah. so we're really, a, we're actually a global network. Um, okay. There are many people like myself around the world that are, are doing this. I mean, a lot of times it's, a lot of times we have other careers um, and we're doing this for our own kids, right? So mm -hmm. um, I acted, I actually found Acton as I was seeking out schools that I thought were doing things the way they should be done in the 21st century. And, and um, Acton started about 12, 13 years ago with the MBA program first in Austin, Texas. And then the founders of that decided to do a K through 12, uh, K through 12 model. And, and then they're like, you know what, there's, there's other people that want to do this. Let's create a network. It's not a franchise because all of them look different, but we all have very similar beliefs. And so once I found out about them, uh, about five years ago, I, I came, I flew back from Texas from visiting uh, one of the locations and, and got in bed. It was late at night, got in bed. My wife's like, how's it going? I'm like, hey, um, by the way, this place is great. We're either moving to Texas or we're opening an Acton Academy. And she's like, Texas sucks. So we are open. <laughs> so I was like, okie dokie, here we go. So, yeah. So, um, you know, so we decided to, to open that. So we're in our third year now, uh, in Roseville, California. And, um, it is just a vastly different school model. There's a, a little over 150 of us now, globally speaking. Uh, and we're making a push in the next five years. We really want to try to get somewhere in the seven, 800 range open, globally um, and really just start start making a large impact uh, so wow. it, it's yeah it's fun to kind of start pushing the envelope and, and really start pushing the awareness the name came from actually Lord Acton um, if you've ever heard the quote power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely that came from him I don't know much else about him honestly uh, <laughs> I really don't that's where I stop on my knowledge Google the rest uh, but that you know Jeff and Laura uh, named it after him kind of because of, of that quote and some of the other things that he did so um, that's what we went with Wow. so yeah. what um, you know as you said you wanted to take education and make it you know appropriate for the 21st century yeah what about the acting academy you know spoke to you and spoke to your desire to see that yeah it, it's really getting back to the the 
kind of the two basic tenets of hardworking character, right? It's getting back to really like personal responsibility, you know, responsibility for your own life. Like playing the victim has somehow gained virtue um, and been put on a pedestal in our society in so many ways. And I'm just absolutely not for that. Uh, and, and we see that over and over. Our kids are empowered to play the victim rather than empowered to, um, you know, take responsibility for, for their lives. And so, uh, what I saw when I first went to an Acton Academy was, um, you know, I saw kids engaging in Socratic discussions and they were learning how to think. They weren't being told what to think. That's a vastly different thing. And, and more often than not in traditional environments, we're telling kids, look, this is what you have to think. This specifically is what you have to know, even though you could Google it, by the way. Right. And then you're going to regurgitate that to me and you're never going to repeat this again because it doesn't matter. Right. So they were doing these these Socratic discussions, they were directing their own academic journey. So just because I'm 15 and you're 15, it doesn't mean we're studying the exact same stuff at the exact same time because maybe I'm really good at this and you're really good at this. So allow them to go on their own path. They learn to set goals around that. But then more importantly, they were collaborating on real world projects. They were taking on real work. They were working as apprentices and as interns in real businesses. They were starting their own businesses. You know, they, they had this agility and this self-direction that I just did not see for any of the thousands of kids I had worked with in traditional settings. And um, that's what I had to have for, for my own children. And uh, very thankfully, our community here responded. I was really good with, if we had launched with 10 kids, I was cool with that. I was going to go with that. I was like, let's go. I just want it for my children and anybody else that wants to come along for the ride. Um, you know, next thing I know, we're three years into it. We have a beautiful, you know, $5 million campus in Roseville and I'm going out tomorrow to scope another building for another campus. So um, the community is responding. That's awesome. Is it, and it's K through 12? Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah, we are K through 12, technically kind of TK, I guess. So we have four years, nine months is our youngest um, up through up through high school. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And does it, does it run the same? I mean, as far as schedule, the same as a normal school year or is it a, a different type of schedule? Yeah. Good question. Yeah. As far as the year schedule, we operate in what we call sessions. So every session is five or six weeks in length. Oh. And over the course of those five or six weeks, they're doing the Socratic discussions. They're doing all the self-directed academia. Um, they're doing some smaller scale projects, but they're also driven by one larger scale project over the course of those five or six weeks. And at the end of that time, you know, we'll have this large public exhibition and invite people to come. We'll reward them for the, all the things that they've worked on and completed, and they'll exhibit whatever the real world work was that they were working on. So after those five or six weeks, they'll have a week or two off. And then they'll come back and do another session. So when we do it that way, it's the same amount of school days as a traditional school, but it's spread out um, almost like a modified year round sort of. But it's nice because you never go more than five or six weeks and then you got a break. So it keeps the energy really, really high for everybody, students and staff. Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And then um, and you have a podcast. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. Essential Eleven podcast, Essential right? Essential Eleven, yes, ma'am. That's ma so cool. Okay, tell us about that and where the name came from, and like when you started that, and the types of guests you have on that show. Yeah, man, this this has been it's 
it's something that we literally started for the youth and, and started it to give back to them in terms of advice. But it's something we also started any sponsorships and things like that, that we get also gets directed hundred percent of that goes towards uh, scholarshiping our, our students. Right. And so all that money is going back into them. So we started it with that in mind. Um, we did a focus group of about 1500 youth around the country, ages 13 to 22. And we said, look, if you, we have operators, people that are making an impact in the world from any walk of life, what do you want to learn from them? What are the questions you would ask them? Right. And so then we cultivated the top, those top 11 that we got more often than, than others. And that became the essential 11. Right. And I always, I feel almost bad because I enjoy it so much and I get so much out of it personally too. Like it's just the conversations are great. The information's great, you know? And so I almost feel like it's a selfish thing, but it is, you know, ultimately for, for the kids. And so guest wise, um, I mean, we have had, you know, yesterday I had Dr. Tony Wagner, uh, from the education department at Harvard. I had Bruce Buffer. Um, I've had John Lee Dumas from entrepreneur on fire, John Stossel, right? The Emmy award winning John Stossel, um, some local superstars, Danny Castillo, our friends, Dwight Taylor, Nikki B. Yeah. Um, you know, we have got tomorrow I'm speaking to Jordan Peterson's daughter. Um, oh, wow. I've had David Green at the bigger pockets podcast. I've got Gary Vaynerchuk coming up, David Goggins coming up. Um, I mean, just people from all different walks of life, right. And doing so wow. many different things. And it's just, it's awesome to hear how they approach, you know, these, these questions. So it's cool. That's awesome. Very cool. That's a, that's a crazy uh, list of guests you guys have. It's a good lineup. Out. Oh, it's yeah. a sweet line. And, and that's not even, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm missing a ton of different people too. I mean, sure. we just have some really neat folks, yeah. man. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. That's really cool. No, that's yeah. um, very cool. I'm, ex I'm excited to listen to those for sure. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, you know, it's interesting too, is like when I first started listening to the podcast, I think I listened to Nikki B's episode first because we, yeah. had, you know, as a common connection. Right. Um, I don't even think at first I realized that it was for the students. I'm like, oh, I'm just listening to it like a, like a normal podcast that would be yeah. for everybody. So um, it is cool because it really, you know, even though it's for the students, it's really for anybody. It really is, man. The stuff that comes out, it really transcends, um, you know, it kind of transcends everybody. And, and if people have different, you know, I talked to uh, Ryan Bickler is, is a gentleman who runs a company called Order of Man, and he's very much all about reinstating manhood and what that means, right? So we took it from a little bit of a different angle of helping young men. Um, you know, Tony Wagner yesterday, it was, it was a little bit of an angle of how can schools better answer a couple of these questions. So sometimes we take it from a different angle, um, but you're right. It, it definitely transcends, you know, what we found is it really does. It transcends any age. I mean, it really does. It's, it's just good all around advice um, from just brilliant people and they're all brilliant in their own ways. So it's, you know, same 11 questions, but no two conversations are anywhere near the same. Right, right. right. Well, I'm glad right. you said that. I'm glad you brought the age thing. That's a good segue into this next question I have for yeah. you. Um, you know, I watched a couple of your videos and you're doing some keynote talks about the generational, um, mm -hmm. the generational gap and how do, how do we communicate? I'm going to say this in a way less at, uh, eloquent way than you do, but basically, <laughs> you know, how do you bridge that gap? How do you communicate between the different generations? Um, and I think for our audience specifically, that's huge because as we were talking before the show, you have these high school coaches of different sports. Um, yeah. They have athletes come through. The athletes are saying, basically they're saying the same age, right? You're going to see the same right. age of athlete, but the coach is going to get mm -hmm. older. Right. Um, 
And so how, and there's a lot of questions we have within that question. Yeah. Like, explain a little bit about what you talk about and yeah. the generational gap. Yeah, it's such an, and you know, and sometimes I'm, sometimes I, I forget eloquent. Sometimes you can just break it down to as, as honest as humanly possible. And I think that's better. Here's the, here's the real deal about human nature. And then I'll, and I'll talk about kind of some of the companies and what I help them work on. The reality is uh, we don't realize a lot of times that we view things from a generational lens. You know, we'll talk about we view things from a male lens or a female lens or an athlete's lens or a non-athlete or a whatever, right? But we don't talk about the fact that we view things from a generational lens as well. And it's one of those things that not only do we not discuss, we don't think about the fact that if somebody is older than me or younger than me, they're viewing it from their generational lens. And we don't have the discussion, so there's a lot of things that usually frustrate us about other people. And here's the human nature side of that. Almost everybody will go, look, the people in my generation, my era, the time I grew up, we have got it figured out. We understand how to live life. We understand how things should be done. Those older people suck. They are living in the past, right? They've got great chest hair maybe, but they're living in the past, right? And and then anybody younger than me, they suck too, right? Maybe they've got a lot of potential, but oh my gosh, hey, guess what? They're ruining the world, right? And so every generation thinks like that. And so what happens then now in the workforce is you go in and, and the reality of our situation is we now have five, five distinct generations operating side by side in the workplace, in the marketplace. That's never happened before. That was never supposed to happen. And so now we're having all this conversation and it's creating all of this butting heads. So when I go into work with these organizations, it, it depends on the need of the organization. Sometimes they're saying, hey, look, we are trying to sell our product to a specific generation. How do they think in this industry? Sometimes they're saying we're trying to market to a specific age group. Sometimes it's inter-departmental uh, communication. You know, we've got a whole bunch of boomers that are running this department and they're trying to hire a whole bunch of millennials and Gen Z and it's just not working, right? It's not working out or um, not just trying to lead them, but we're trying to recruit and retain this younger generation. What is it going to take for us to get good quality applicants of this age, right? So depending on, on the organization and kind of what they are working on at the time, that's what I go in and help them with and, and help speak on. So I, you know, a lot of my clients, depending on how many departments they have and um, you know, different times of year when they have a kind of a different focus on what they're working with, I get to work with them a number of times and kind of see the, um, you know, the overarching transition of, of their business, which is, which is pretty cool. But um, so that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about the fact that different age groups, and it's not just the age, you know, demographics plays into it. If you grew up in California, it looks different than if you grew up in Oklahoma. Um, if you grew up in a religious household versus non-religious an urban versus a rural um, you know, all of these things play into it, but ultimately what we see is patterns of behavior for people based on their age. And so we're breaking that down and saying, look, pay attention. And here's why, so that you don't get so mad about it. Um, you know, and then, and help people create change that way. Really just creating a paradigm shift. We're just, we're, we're creating something where they go, Oh, now I get it. Now I understand. Now that's not frustrating. Let's have a conversation. And by the way, it's not just older having to understand the younger. It's younger having to understand the older too. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Yeah. Right. And so um, that's been that's been the beauty of it. So it's a never. I mean, it's literally the job's never done. I mean, there are so yeah. many opportunities when you start talking about things that way. Oh, for yeah. sure. What it's Very crazy cool. too, because like again, our main audience is high school coaches and athletes, but mm-hmm. it's really you know any you know everybody from the little league coach to the college coach and the right. college athlete. And especially once you start looking at professional sports, like I, I've used this example before because I heard it, I stole it from another podcast. Yeah. But if you look at someone like Tom Brady. He's been playing for a long time. He's, he's the leader of that team. Right. As he gets older, he's getting these guys that get drafted that are 21, 22 years old. That's like 20 year difference between him and the guy he might be throwing the ball to. Right. How do you, for as many years as he's been playing, how do you maintain that connection with those guys when the amount of things you have in common are getting are very little. Right. And it becomes very strange. And I've heard on certain teams, especially I think football is a big one where you know, you're, you need that connection with your teammates, but mm-hmm. you just, you're older, you're at a different point of life. You know, mm-hmm. these guys are all excited. They're in the league for the first time. You've been mm-hmm. in the league for 10, 15 years. You're like, it's just kind of old news for me. How mm-hmm. do you maintain that connection? So as far as coaches, athletes, even athletes to athletes, how, how do they begin to bridge that gap? I mean, I, yeah. I, that it's, it's, I think being open-minded and, you know, yeah. and that, but like, how do they like practically, how do they do it? Yeah, I mean, as far as practicality, you know, it's it'd be cool if it was like, all right, look, here's the secret magic sauce. Here's the reality of it: is you need to have the conversations, and those conversations usually suck. But it's got to be right. But it's got to be done. It's got to be the old guy, Tom Brady, going, look, this is what annoys me about you guys and your this group of 22 year olds, right? And then, especially as the leader of that team, he needs to be open to say, look. Yes, I'm still the leader of this team, but what is it about me and my habits and my thought process that you, 22-year-old, think is annoying too, right? And then, I mean, it's, it's literally got to start that simply where we're going, look, what are the things that we are just not going to, we're not seeing eye to eye on? And then let's talk, is there a middle ground on this? Now, ultimately, just like in a, in a you know, work environment, I always tell them, like, Look, if you're the boss, ultimately the buck stops at you. You get to make the decision. But if you're open and willing to have those conversations and seeing where you can bend, um, a lot of times that makes all the difference in the world because then your common connection is the fact that you do want to work together. Because if you're showing that, like, I'm willing to bend, you're willing to bend a little bit, then we can start talking about where our commonality is the mission, whatever the mission is, right? The mission of the organization, the mission of the team. You know, we can get back to that co- that conversation of the overall goal, the overall mission for that year, whatever it is. We can get back to that once we've gotten around these little things that are irking us. It literally starts with that. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm I'm obsessed with the whole generational divide. <laughs> I yeah. love I. Me and my co-work, my coworkers and I, we are always yeah. like, you know, I mean, we're like, yep, that's, that's a Gen X thing. That's a, yeah. that's a boomer thing. That's a yeah. millennial thing. Yeah, that's totally. a Gen Z. And Gen like, Z you know, thing. Our, yeah. I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a high school teacher. So I yep. teach Gen, you know, the. Yeah, you've got all Gen, Gen Z's, Z's right now. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So even that, that's a gap for my coworkers and I were like, they do that. Like what? And like, I have for to have sure. conversations with my high school kids and say, and and they have to explain things to me. And then that is me getting to know them and their attention span. Like I'll explain things. I'll say, look, I'm a millennial. So my mm-hmm. attention span is 10 seconds. Yep. I said, that means your attention span is five seconds. So yeah, let's work together. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, it's definitely, I have found for sure, just understanding the different 
generational differences, but it's a big I, deal. And then, yeah. and then understanding too, that, okay, so you're, you know, and by the way, you're not, you're not wrong. I think, and I think the averages that we've seen at least the last data. So we, the organization that I work with, we, we talk about these generational differences based on a multitude of studies. So we have a team of PhDs and that is literally all they do is study these trends, right? So we're do, mm-hmm. we're, we're making these, you know, we're, we're, we're not just talking in myths and platitudes. We're talking based on, on data. So you're right for the millennials, the average attention spans about 12 seconds and then it's about yeah. eight seconds for Gen Z, mm-hmm. you know? And so, but then what you have to realize too is, neither of those are essentially really your fault. Right. It's also partly to do with the generation and what you have grown up with. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that that's not necessarily their fault, then it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's not as annoying. So what do we have to do to get your attention and get it quick? Yeah. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. You know, you don't, you don't take it as a personal attack anymore. Yeah. 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 You know, sure. Something else that just came to mind too is, you know, obviously we're talking to you about the the generational divide, but sometimes, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever experienced this. I know, I know, I have. I think Deb, you have too. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes you have these these high school athletes. They graduate. They might play college ball and whatever sport they're playing. Maybe they don't, but after a couple of years, they go to college. They come back and they want to coach, right? Yeah. And they, they want to coach at the high school levels, especially the right. high school levels. And sometimes it seems like what happens is there's so much of that, especially if they came from like a, a college background, mm-hmm. there's so much of that fire, raw passion within them that it makes it difficult for them to coach people that are maybe four years different, age different. For sure. And so, you know, at that point, they're, they're basically in the same generation, right? But there's still that buddy of the heads because one mm-hmm. guy's looking at him like, hey, why don't you have the same passion I do? And the other kid's yes. like, come on, dude, you're how many years older? Right. Like, why would I listen to you? Like I used to, you know, I used to play against you. No way. Right. Yeah, it's exactly. It. And, and it's their coaching based on, again, it's their personal passion, but it's what they just experienced too. A lot of times at that college level. Right. So they're coming back and they're just do, they're just continuing what it is that they were just most currently familiar with. Right. You're, you're finding this out. I mean, you've got, and now you have a 15 month old daughter, right? So you are, you at least started out somewhat trying to figure out this parenting thing partially by parenting like your parents did or going okay this is something I realized I really hated that they did so I'm going to go far to the opposite end right but you're still doing the same thing you're operating from that lens that perspective of what you knew right and they're doing the same thing I mean that's what they're doing and it's it's all usually good intentions um, but they've got to figure out okay if that's not working for these younger athletes Right. And I've got to stop and I got to figure out where they're at. What is, what is their motivation for being here? Why are they here? What is it that they want to get out of it? And where can I meet them in the middle? My passion doesn't have to leave. Um, but if I'm really, truly passionate about them, I'll figure out where I'm going to be able to connect with them. Why are they here? You know? Yeah, that's, that's really yeah. good. And that, that, made, yeah. that makes a ton of sense. It's like, yeah, you could be passionate about your sport. You could be passionate about competition. Uh, but first and foremost, if you want to coach, especially you coach young people, you have to care about them. And if you don't, then you might be in the wrong place. It's got to trump everything else. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to trump everything else. It's got to trump, you know, any, your yeah. passion for the sport and all. I mean, that, that stuff is absolutely contagious. You bet. But if, if you don't have them first and foremost on your mind, you are in the wrong biz. Right. Yeah. And, and the crazy thing is that they'll know it too. Oh, right away. I believe they will. You better believe they will. I mean, that's, Mm -hmm. they haven't had their intuition trained out of them yet, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in that regard. So they will, they'll, they'll call it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. 
this is yeah. this is off topic, but I have a, a note here um, that I wanted to ask you about because I went right. just through quickly today. I went through your your very first episode, kind of your, like your intro trailer of your podcast. Yeah, you, you mentioned that you're you're a big fan of Michael Jordan. Did you watch The Last Dance? I have not watched that oh. yet. I have not watched that yet. So I I don't I don't have that's one thing I do not ha I don't have we have streaming. I think we can stream Netflix and stuff like that. I'm I work, you know, usually 16 hour days or are, are usually the norm for me. Um so I don't but that is one thing and it's so funny that you say that because literally before I came in here to talk to you guys I was like honey, come here. I grabbed my wife. I'm like, I need to talk to you about something. And she's like, okay, what's going on? I'm like, okay, look, so there's this documentary right now. And I'm just, I'm like trying to, uh, and so I'm like getting my best sales pitch together. Right. Cause I'm like, look, we are going to have to what? No, no. I am going to have to watch this. Yeah. Um, I would really like for you to watch it with me. If you're interested, can I make a pitch for you to do so? I can't wait. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. We yeah. watched it. I missed it. I had the times wrong. And so I missed it the uh, premiere premiere night. Okay. Like, oh, it should be yeah. awesome. It's like, oh no, it's been over for two hours. Oops. And so I messed oh. up. So then I had to watch it last night. And uh, gotcha. It definitely didn't disappoint. But I was I felt like I was missing something huge because of all this oh. stuff on Twitter and you know, yeah, for sure. Like, but it was man, and it's weird. It's weird to think about because we know how great Michael Jordan was. Yeah. Um, but when you watch this documentary, even just the first two episodes, mm -hmm. like it just reminds you. I don't know. It just reminds you again, you know what I mean? Which is weird to say, cause we know how great he is, but then right. it's like a, a, just an, another reminder. It's like, Oh yeah, I forgot it's how a, amazing he really was. It's it's yeah. We use the word, you know, we use a lot of big words in, in society. I think we've almost become, um, you know, almost numbed to, I mean, we'll take a picture of our flipping omelet in the morning and be like, this omelet was awesome. You know, was it dude? It was eggs and freaking cheese. Right. So like, it's not that cool. It's not that cool. There are yeah. very few things that really can be defined as awesome. And greatness right. is one of those things that we threw out there a bunch that's rarely, you know, actually executed. And, and Michael was one of those. I think if, you know, for all of your listeners, if you have not read the book Relentless by Tim Grover, go read that now. I don't care what sport you are in, coaching, competing in, I don't care. Um, and I'd follow Tim as well. Tim was, you know, Michael's uh, trainer for a long time. And that book was amazing. Have you guys gotten to read that yet? No, it's been no. recommended, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's, it's, you, yeah. You, and it's, again, it gets back into why Michael was great, why Kobe sure. was great. And it was their mindsets. You know, one of the companies that oh. I spoke for probably four or five years ago was a company called Wasserman Media. And so they um, do everything in, in sports and you know, they're doing the social media for a lot of these athletes they are doing uh, management for a lot of the athletes. And one of the people that works for them uh, is BJ Armstrong, right? And so if you're a basketball fan, Bulls fan, um, BJ played for a lot of those championship teams, played with Michael. And, and I got a chance to talk to BJ. We were in North Carolina and um, just gotten done with an event. And, uh, and I just had, I said, man, you know, I said, I, I grew up watching you play, you know, I was always a big BJ Armstrong fan. Um, you know, so we had a good conversation. I said, Nick, before I leave, just what was it like with Michael? Like, what, what was that like? And he said, you know, I mean, I'm going to, this could be hours of a conversation. Um, I hope you don't take this the wrong way. But Michael was a psychopath and everybody loved him because of it. He says, I love that man dearly. Um, and wow. he was an absolute psychopath. And, and that really goes, Tim does a great job of expressing that in, in that book, Relentless as well. You see why he was great. Uh, yeah. Never be another one like him.
Right. Kobe was, Absolutely. you know, Kobe and Kobe, Kobe's in that, Kobe is in that league too, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, I that's had to crazy. ask. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. No, I'm glad you did. That's awesome. I'm glad you did. <laughs> and something that's on, not, not as interesting of a question, but something that's on my mind. Oh. What is, and I, I've looked it up before and I couldn't find it or they don't have a name for it, but what's the name of the generation under Gen Z? Yeah. So the super good question. So, um, you know, Gen, so millennials right started out as kind of gen y right you got x you got y you got z millennials end up being the term that kind of took hold globally and it was the first Mm -hmm. generation to really be relatively similar from country to country to country because now we have cheap mobile technology so people are more similar in their same age group right even if they're in different countries the culture isn't mattering as much as it used to gen z is even more similar um so the term that's getting played around with right now um, the most is gen alpha it's almost like starting it back over um yeah so generation alpha is kind of the front runner right now but what's going to be interesting what's going to be interesting is i i literally think we're in the middle of the historical shift right now so when we look at generations and when does one generation become the next generation what we're looking for is usually giant world events that create massive shifts in behavior and thought patterns Right. Mm -hmm. So for millennials, like 9-11 was huge for us. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if you were born, you know, anywhere really after like 1995, Mm -hmm. 1996, you don't really remember Mm 9-11. Well, then you're technically Gen Z. Right. Because your life has looked different. And so we're in the middle of what I think right now with this whole pandemic. Um, I think mm-hmm. we're in the middle right now of another shift. You know, we've got about 83 million uh, Gen Zers, which is right about the same as what we've got for millennials and boomers, oddly enough. Um, wow. And and so I think now it's going to be kind of this cutoff. If you don't really remember all of the impact that this pandemic had, mm. um, then you're going to kind of be Gen Alpha. I think that's where we're going to be going with that. This is the big life. Of wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's kind of symbolic, too, I think. Just because it's like the world's going to start over, not literally, but like it it just, it's not, I think it's going to be a little different after all this. I think it's going to be vastly different. Yeah. Yeah. And in almost any way you look at it, uh, it's going to be vastly different. It's going to be a different scenario. Yeah. Right. Crazy for for sure. Um, So I'm really interested in this question for you because of your background as an athlete, as a coach, um, yep. as a teacher, all of the administrator, all those things, and as, yep. obviously as a business person. Um, is there a, a coach or a teacher or a, just a person who had a major impact? Because we obviously the reason we do what we do is because we believe that coaches have a tremendous impact and an opportunity to impact their athletes' lives. Same with teachers. Um, is there someone from your past that had that kind of impact and is, you know, their, their marks kind of been left on your life? Yeah, for sure. Um, there are there are really three that that come to mind, and all for for different reasons. My high school football coach, a man by the name of Tom Zanino, is a, a kind of a living legend in high school football, and it was uh, the coach at Vacaville High School for you know fifty some odd years. Um, and the stadium is now named after him. You know, the Tom Zanino Stadium, and um, the for him, it was, it was part of this transition for me into the mindset of, um, nobody's going to feel sorry for you kind of deal. And, and by the way, that's a good thing, you know, and, and, um, my favorite poem now is it's, uh, it's called on self pity, you know, it says a, a while, uh, 
wild thing never felt sorry for itself. A bird would fall frozen dead from a bow without ever having felt sorry for itself. And D.H. Lawrence wrote that. And I, and I have taken that to heart. And he, my junior year, um, I had actually, I was a knucklehead of a kid. And, and um, you know, I'd put my, I'd put my hand through a window. Uh, I won't say what was going on with that, but I put my hand through a window and, and it sliced my finger open. Right. And, and had to go get stitches and, and that whole thing. So I went to Tom, uh, the next morning and it was a game day and I said, Hey man, I, I'm not going to be able to play tonight. Look, you know, I've got 26 stitches over here in my thumb and I'm all bandaged up. And, um, you know, so I just wanted to let you know. And he's like, Hmm, I didn't realize you were uh, and he had some choice words, but it was out of love. And I won't say what he called me. Um, it was the kind of thing though. Now that, you know, I know if you say to most kids, it's immediately the mom and dad, that coach is getting fired that coach. So I'm not saying it's the right thing to say. Sure. What I'm saying was, though, he did have the relationship and he had the clout to be able to say it and have me understand that he was teaching me something different. You know? mm. And so that in of itself was a was a big deal. Um, so he was kind of that first my kickboxing coach um, who really is not a great human being. Um, I believe he's actually in, in prison now, from what I understand. Um, but he also kind of had a very similar impact on me when it comes to the physical side and it was it was to understand that a lot of times if I wanted to uh, grow mentally I was gonna have to push myself physically and that a lot of times those two were hand in hand right if I was at the point where you know it's kind of like the David Goggins mantra of when you feel like you are absolutely done you got nothing else to give well then now you're at 40 percent right and you still got another 60 percent and so Dennis Alexio um, who was the world heavyweight kickboxing champ at the time and um, was that coach he was he was the guy that that kind of brought me to that level to understand that and I still go back to that I still go out and will push myself physically just because of the mental component um, that comes with that right and want to stay mentally stronger um, but then so those were both kind of a harder side and then the most interesting thing was my coach, Frank Shamrock, who was a UFC Hall of Famer, yeah, one of the right. best fighters in history, right, was my coach in San Jose. Um, and oddly enough, he's the one that brought me to the softer, more relational side of life. And, and you know, it was kind of that whole, look, yes, we want you to be, you know, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Um, you know, it, it's definitely better to be that but you still need to be able to get along with and lead the gardeners because most people are gardeners, you know, and he was kind of the, the, the sheepdog mentality of like, you need to, you need to be more focused on the protection aspect and protecting others and leading others and bringing others along. So um, I think I very much thank all three of those, uh, those men, Tom has since passed, you know, like I said, Dennis, I believe is in prison. Frank, I still have communication with and I'm just a really good guy. It's not a bad group. That's pretty, that's pretty right. solid. Great group, man. Great group right. of guys. That's, that's great awesome. group of guys. Yeah. Um, yeah Frank, Frank Shamrock. I wasn't expecting that answer. That's pretty cool. He's a legend, man. <laughs> yeah. He's a legend and just a really good, a really good guy. Um, really is a caring guy. Watching him as a husband and as a dad, um, you know, was, was also inspirational to me before I was married, before I had my own kids too. Um, Cause you just, you saw that protective side of him, you know, a good, good guy. Yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then Matt, another question we like to ask all of our guests, um, as you know, this is the character call mine podcast. Mm -hmm. So we like to ask the question of, you know, what is then, you know, what does the term character mean to you? And, um, you know, just how can coaches help guide their athletes and, you know, kind of training them to have good character? Mm, gosh, that's so good. And I think I've, 
I feel like I could I could write a dissertation on character and I would not do it justice, right? Like Jordan Peterson is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. And, yeah. and I've listened to him so many times and I'm like, yes, I agree. And then somebody's like, what did he say? And I'm like, I don't know. Um, you know, like I'm just not that intelligent, man. Um, you know, but, but for me, um, I think character is you know one of the things i always tell people is i hate motivation right because motivation is such a fleeting thing Mm -hmm. uh you're going to be motivated sometimes you're not going to be motivated sometimes things are going to help you be motivated for a short amount of time and then it's going to go away right but i think character for me is the willingness to be disciplined as opposed to motivated and when you're a disciplined individual you do the things that need to be done, whether you feel like it or not. And you'll do that before the things you necessarily want to do. You know, Jocko Willink says discipline equals freedom. Um, and that is, you know, we, we have rules in our household that, that the family has come up with myself, my wife and my three kids, and we have them framed on our wall. We have the, the Bodro house rules. And that is one of our rules is discipline equals freedom. And for me, somebody with solid character is disciplining themselves to do the right thing all of the time. The right thing is always the right thing, whether that is going and and helping that other player up, whether that is talking, you know, because you have some clout on campus, you're going to go talk to this other kid that, that, you know, doesn't have the best life going on. And you're going to pour into that person, whether you're feeling like it or not, whether you're you're doing the right thing, you're going to practice when you don't want to practice. You're going to, you're going to stay longer. You're going to get there earlier, whatever that looks like. Um, That's character to me is the discipline to always do the right thing, no matter how you're feeling at the moment and never feeling sorry for yourself that you're in that boat either. Cause that's what leaders do, right. is taking on that personal responsibility. So for me, that's, that's character. That's awesome. That's, great. that's, a, great, that's a great way to break it down, especially, yeah. especially now, obviously, cause there is such a, a weird time where people are, you know, sports, sports got canceled and people yeah. like schoolers lose their season, all of that. And I think it would be yeah. understandably. So it'd be easy to get into that that mode for sure that we were like, man, this sucks. And you just kind of get down and negative. But at the, at the end of the day, we still have to keep going. Right. And that's so, it. I think that's you, a great way of looking at character. Yeah. I mean, you don't have any choice uh, about the circumstance. Right. So your only choice is your response. Right. right. And so there's a, um, you know, there's a guy named by the name of Ryan holiday. Um, and he's actually a local dude. He grew up and went to Granite Bay high school, um, oh. here in, here in Northern California. So, yeah. but he is kind of the modern day stoic and, and he's written all these books on stoicism and uh, one of my favorite authors for sure. And, and I think stoicism is, is a phenomenal thing, especially for athletes to, to look into, um, you know, those, those works, because that's what is the reminder is that you will never have full control over the circumstance. Your control is how you respond to the circumstance. So you're right. We have no sports are canceled. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Now what? Right? right now, what? Now, what are you going to yeah. do? Um, are you going to mope? Or are you still going to get better? And by the way, are you still going to get better even if you don't have anything necessarily to get better for? Are you still going to get better because it is the right thing to do and because it makes you better? Right? Um, you know, I have a, a friend of mine who was actually on the podcast uh, as well. His name is Robert Sykes, um, and he's a, a competitive bodybuilder. Right. And so he started his his weight cut for his his competition and it was his first pro card and, and he starts his weight cut. And then, of course, everything gets canceled and it was noticed, obviously, like he was upset. But you know what he did? He still took the next 
you know, six weeks and, and dieted down, took all his, you know, progress photos. And same day that he would have been stepping on stage, he stepped on, on, you know, stage at his house and did his pose down, did his routine. He dieted himself all the way through there because it made him better to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's great. that was his choice. It's like, I'm not going to stop, you know, myself from getting better just right. because circumstances suck. Right. That I was, and I was just about to ask, you know, what advice do you have for, you know, athletes right now, because sports are canceled during this time. Like what advice do you have of like how, you know, with their mindset of like what they can do. But I think you just answered that, that, you know, they can, they can, you know, do what they can within the circumstances and within their own environment, but still. And and not just do what you can look at this, literally take a look at it and go, okay, so I mean, I own a business, right? And, and our business, just like anybody else, we're being massively impacted by this, right? There's no way around that. So I can go, this sucks. What was me? Or what I'm doing, I'm not even just going, okay, well, what can I do to get better? I'm going, cool, man. I'm going to look at this as what an opportunity we have right now. And there's got to be something I am missing for the business now, because this is one of the most massive opportunities that I never would have had the chance to take on. So Mm -hmm. what do I need to look for? What is the opportunity that I am missing? That's how I'm attacking it. I'm, I'm fully planning on coming out of here with the business 10 times stronger than when we went into this whole scenario. Right. And athletes need to be looking at the same way going, Oh my gosh, what did I just, was I just granted the gift of unlimited flipping time right now? Cool. With this time, then what am I going to do to improve my game and not just my game, but the mental side of my game? What are the books that I'm going to read to, to build that up while I'm building up the physical side? What am I, that's it. And look at it, not just as an opportunity, but like an opportunity that you're happy about, right? You have the choice to make that kind of, make that kind of decision about it. Yeah. yeah. I, love, I it. love it. That was like a yeah, mic drop statement. Mic right there. For, <laughs> right sure. there. That's it, man. for sure. That's well, awesome. I, I mean, I think yeah. that might be it. I feel like we should end it right there. What do you think that was? <laughs> that was, I mean, no, that was, I, I love that just because, yeah, that was going to be one of my last questions was what advice do you have? And that was perfect. I love the mental side of it that you talked about too. I don't know that any mm. of our guests, cause we like to ask our guests that question too. Just like what kind of advice do you have for athletes or coaches, but yeah. just how you touched on mentally, what can they do to get better? Um, I don't know. I think that's the first time I heard that. It, from a guest, mm-hmm. uh, other guests could be mad at me right now if I've heard it from other guests. And I hope other guests have said it because it's mentally, yeah. it, the mental traps the physical forever. Mm-hmm. It, forever. It always does in anything that you're doing. Yeah. And at some point, the physical starts to decline and all that kind of doesn't matter because the mental growth never, ever, ever has to stop. That's yeah. the beauty of it. It never has to stop. You know, and so when people ask, like, hey, what's the curriculum at Acton Academy? I'm like, look. The curriculum is self-confidence from actually having done things. The curriculum is true self-awareness and understanding who you are. The, the curriculum is a growth mindset and understanding that if I stay curious and growth-minded for the rest of my life, literally nothing is going to stop me in doing what I want to do other than me, right? And that's where the athlete should be. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Completely. That's great. Yeah. Um, that's- when, do your, when do your podcasts release typically? Um, so sporadic, dude. Uh, yeah. So sporadic. Yeah. Because we just, I mean, some weeks we'll have two or, you know, on average, I'd say we'd have two, probably two guests a week is probably our average right now. 
Um, And so, and I've got a a phenomenal young lady that I work with that does all of that for me as far as posting everything and doing the recording. So um, she kind of has control over all that, but we usually film two to three episodes a week is kind of our average. So had one yesterday, I'll have another one tomorrow. um, And I have like two or three next week as well. So yeah, that's kind of the average. Perfect. Very cool. Where can they, where can they uh, follow you, find you videos, social media, all that stuff? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, Obviously podcast is the essential 11, the number 11. Um, You know, so definitely please check that out and any kind of ratings reviews, obviously it just helps with sponsorships. It goes towards kids. So um, that's a big, that's a big one. And then uh, as far as the school goes, it's Acton Placer, A-C-T-O-N and then Placer, P-L-A-C-E-R.com. And then all of my stuff on any platform is just my name. Uh, It's just Matt Bodro on, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. I do have a TikTok that I'm working on, man. And, and <laughs> my kids are helping me with this. They do. They snagged me. My kids snagged me. Yeah. So um, yeah. we'll see what comes out of that too. But yeah, it's just my name on all those platforms, Twitter as well. Yeah. And I'm glad to interact wherever anybody uh, likes to interact most. So you can reach out to me in any of those. Cool. Very man. cool. That's yeah. awesome. Well, we definitely yeah. appreciate your time. Deb, where can yeah, they follow thank us? You. Uh, you guys can follow us on uh, Twitter at Sports Character, Instagram at Character Combine, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Did I miss anything? That's it. Uh, we have, uh, you say LinkedIn. We have LinkedIn, but I don't do much there. And, so okay. don't waste well, your time. Yeah, we don't have TikTok. We no. don't have TikTok. <laughs> yeah, you're better it. for it, man. It's okay. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I, I yeah. it, so I'm going to try to hold out as long as possible. That's hilarious. Yeah. I get it. Thank you for your time and for you know sitting down yes. and talking with us. Um, we know it's getting late right now, and we just appreciate it. Thank you. No, pleasure is mine. And thank you guys for, for spreading the message that you're spreading and for all you guys are doing, too. It's a big deal. So thank you guys for being on that team. Yeah, yeah we appreciate no your problem. time and uh, uh, good luck with everything. Stay healthy. I appreciate yeah. it. You as well. Stay in touch, guys.